0: Well, hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Conversations with Josh Andrew. Super, super excited to jump in today's topic. Really, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be diving into scripture, the Bible, and Mark 14, and be able to walk through some principles yesterday that I observed that I think will be able to apply to you regardless of your context. Whether you are 16 and you're playing football on a team and you want to make more of an impact, or you're 80 leading an organization for 50 years, I think that we can take principles out of the scripture and be able to apply it to our context take some scripture it turns it into leadership principles that we can apply to our life really scripture is designed to be applied it's just like sunscreen if you don't apply it it doesn't really work so i'm super excited in the show notes you'll be able to see that i have plenty of resources for you whether you're a pastor whether you are looking for a church if you're looking to make a, your own podcast no matter what there is a lot of great resources i have on my link tree for you guys So really want to jump in. I'm not going to read all of Mark 14. That would be a lot for one podcast, but really what we're going to do is we're going to go over the headlines and I'm going to be able to just kind of teach a little bit on the context of Mark 14 and then kind of just jump into some simple, again, simple, simple observations that I think we'll be able to apply no matter what context you live in. So Mark 14, this is, again, this is the this is the end. This is what we see really the 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 birth of what we believe in we're christians if you listen to this if you're not a christian no matter what this information and content will be able to apply to you but again this is uh what i believe i'm a christian i believe in jesus i've been a pastor i've been a leader in the church so mark 14 we'll read the headlines and then we'll kind of again go into more depth of it but mark 14 the plot to kill jesus jesus is anointed for his death and burial Judas schemes to betray Jesus, the Passover, Jesus shares communion with his twelve, Jesus prophesies Peter's denial, Jesus prays in Gethsemane or the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus' betrayal and arrest, Jesus condemned by the religious leaders, Peter's denial. So there's really a lot that happens in this scripture. And again, that's why I said I wasn't going to read it, because there is over 70 verses in this chapter in the Bible. but So you should dive into it. You should download the YouVersion app and be able to just dive in yourself. Maybe you have a a printed Bible, one that won't die because you didn't charge it. You don't have to charge this Bible. But really what we're seeing here is Jesus, the man that these guys have all followed for three years. His best friends, his followers, he's a leader. He's got followers. Jesus was fully man and fully God. And he had disciples, he had people who followed him, he had watched and observed the way he led, the way he healed, the way he prayed, the way he preached, the way he slept, the way he went away from the crowd to be able to recharge. All of this stuff, his his best friends observed, and we get all the way to the, basically the the story of his betrayal. He was betrayed by two of his friends, right? Judas and Peter. Judas, we know, is the one who sold basically him to the Romans to be able to be crucified. And he understood that he made a bad decision and tried to return. But again, he ended up not. We know that. I'm not going to say what he did because this podcast will be flagged. But you can read it yourself. He did not. He ended up dying. And then you see Peter. Peter also denied Jesus three times. He didn't betray him, but he denied him which is kind of the same thing anyways. And with Peter, what he does is he's, he's sitting at the bonfire, right? And the girl checks him. He's like, no, I don't know him. But really in the middle of this, we have the Passover meal and Jesus breaks bread. And and most of Sundays when you do communion with people in your church, these are the contexts of, we quote, we say like, "This is, this is the bread. This is my body that was broken for you. This is my blood that was shed for you, whatever. What I love about this is there's so much context, so much information, all that happens within a week, not even a week, a couple of days, not even a couple of days, a couple of hours, right? And what I want to do is, number one, give you a resource. So just go to Version, download it, read Mark 14. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a couple of points that I pulled from the scriptures to help you as a leader, as an agent of change. Like I've always said, you're not the next generation, you're the now generation. And be able to take these principles out of Mark 14. Again, they're super high level. They No matter what context you live in, no matter who you are, what age, if you've been to college or not, does not matter. You can apply these to your context and genuinely make a difference in your context. So where one success thrives in a strong culture, no matter what environment you're in, no matter what house you're in, no matter what context, restaurant, culture is there. Culture, there's no such thing as culture not existing. It is whether it's good culture or bad culture. And what I've seen many ways, or what I've observed, is in the places where culture is not consistently communicated about the expectations of it, who we are, who we're not. Again, culture isn't the things that's, that are on the, the wall or written on the document that you sign in your position description. Culture is the unspoken stuff, the stuff that you don't talk about but is lived out. And again, yes, you should talk about it. Yes, you should make sure everyone's very clear on who we are, who we're not. And this is modeled, obviously, through you, the listener. You can genuinely change a culture for good or for bad. We all are shifting culture one way or another, and there's a lot of determining factors into this. But again, success thrives. Like If you want to thrive as an individual and as a team, You got to have a strong culture, a strong culture of what I can't define that for you. Whatever your goals are, whatever you want to create in the long term happens on a practical daily character and development level of saying, this is who we are. This is who we're not. Simply put, you need to have values. You need to have shared values and only the leader, only you can define what those are. So success thrives in a strong culture. You want to be successful, have a strong culture. Number two, when people don't share common values, trust can be broken. We saw two different people break trust with their leader. And again, this isn't this isn't talking about Jesus a bad leader. That's ridiculous. He's obviously the greatest leader. No sin. He was a sinless person. He was fully man, fully God. He did a lot for his people. And if you would actually read the Old Testament, you'd see that all of this stuff actually needed to happen. But When people don't share common values, trust can be broken. And what this looks like is trust can't be bought. Trust happens through consistency and through integrity. Mike Todd said, I think it was in relationship goals, trust is gained in drops but lost in buckets. I think that's a really great illustration. It's lost in buckets. If you want to lose trust, it's going to happen instantly based on something you do. And that, I'm not saying you are Jesus, you are not a perfect leader, but we can definitely look at how he led and be able to learn and apply it because we're sinful, we're broken, I understand that. But you need to gain agreement in your team to have shared values. And these are the things, again, like I said, that you you put in place, you are the leader, you're the entrepreneur, you're the whoever, you're the leader in the football team, you're the quarterback, whatever. These are the shared values. These are the things that we actually aren't going to shift. These are the things, these are our road A. This is where we're going as a team. That's the vision, but vision without implementation is hallucination, right? So you need to have practical shared values. Again, these aren't things that we do. These are things of who we are. These are the things that aren't spoken. But when people don't share this, trust can be broken so easily. And you can always kind of sift out the people who aren't bought in. And again, that's why I think it's super important to get these things on paper and have people sign it. The, the core leadership team at most, or at minimum even, should, should have this figured out. So when people don't share common values, trust can be broken. Three, having a plan is great, but it needs to be adjustable. Plans are great. And if you are in the church context, you understand this. Plans, we have all the plans on the world. You got plans for days. You got plans to create plans. And no matter what you need to remain flexible nothing worse than a person with a bad attitude because something shifts in the last second i've been around leaders i've had leaders who in the last second something shifts and their whole mood shifts their whole attitude shifts really they they suck the life out of the whole team because they're not willing to be flexible and flexible You should be able to see in a person's life, not just when things are good or when things are bad. It should be a consistent trait. Like, are you flexible? Is it a bad morning? Is that going to ruin your whole day? Or are you just going to be able to pivot and shift? I'm currently working on this. I think all of us are. But having a plan is great. You should have a plan. A church or an environment without a plan, you know it's not going to go well. And having a plan, but also willingness. Again, this is all culture stuff. The plan... Being able to be flexible with that can genuinely shift things because you got to be able to be flexible in real time. This isn't two days after the event happened or two days after the company announcement happened. You got to be flexible, remain flexible. Our growth is supercharged when we're all on the same page. Many times I believe teams, companies, churches, no matter families, relationships, you're just not aligned. You're not aligned in what we're doing. And this is why I believe it's important to go back to the vision. Be consistently going back to your North Star, like I said earlier. What is the thing you're actually trying to attain? And it's supercharged. You want to actually dominate a market, dominate a niche, dominate, no matter what reach your city for Jesus, you need to be on the same page. And this goes down all the way to the team member level. This goes back to the, the entry-level sales position are you on the same page of what not just our values are, but where we're going? Again, there's there's a vision and there's a plan. You got to have a vision. You got to have a plan. And the plan needs to be flexible. The vision isn't really flexible. So your growth is supercharged when you're all on the same page. This happens practically on one-on-ones and staff meetings and team level meetings to be able to get back on the same page. And if you're the, the executive, if you're the whoever, if you're the, the higher level leadership This happens at the table with your managers, sitting down with them and giving a read on them. Maybe get a score. Say, hey, out of one through 10, where do you feel like all of us are aligned and we're on the same page of where we're going? And this happens again. It's like a train track, right? If you get off one degree every single day, you won't end up in California. You'll end up in Arizona. You're going to end up there and you're going to go, wait, I thought I was supposed to be here. We were going there. And what happens is the leader doesn't reinforce where we're going. So people are people. You and I are humans. We make mistakes. And we also just sometimes forget that's not bad. We're all humans. Let's not make it bad. Let's make it practical. Maybe you need to realign the vision on a weekly or daily basis. And this might change season to season. But the reality is you need to be on the same page emotionally, relationally, and literally with the mission and the vision of the company slash church. So, leaders make others feel motivated and strong. You wanna you wanna actually be a leader. If you're listening to this, I believe you do have the potential today to be a leader. You need to make others feel strong and motivated. A real leader is tested when you can see the motivation of their team. Is their team motivated? And motive motivation is fleeting, right? Like we don't we don't seek motivation we seek discipline but motivation is great you need to have a motivated team you need to be able to motivate others to make an impact and to make a change so how do you do this vision but also make it personal make the vision personal because if you just share a broad vision and the person you're not painting the picture of how they can actually make a difference you're not you're not painting the picture you're not sharing the vision with them You're telling them what you want to do. You're not making it about them. And we all know this. A leader makes it about them. A servant leader, it's not about you. It's about them. So make them feel motivated. Again, motivation, what is the saying? Motivation gets you growing. Discipline keeps you growing. I understand that. We're not talking about one or the other. They can coexist. They're not mutually exclusive. But you need to make them feel strong. You need to make them feel like they can make an impact. And if they... Are coming in insecure, they're coming in broken, maybe they're coming in from a different company that really hurt them. It's your responsibility they're handed to you, you're the leader, God entrusted you with those people, so take the people, share the vision, make it personal again without vision, people perish or cast off restraint. that doesn't mean that literally they're just going to quit on you and leave the company physically but mentally and emotionally they might have quit six months ago, and you're just not seeing it so. Make them feel motivated. Make them feel strong. Again, if you're 15, listen to this. You can be a leader. It happens by motivation and strength. All right, next one. Fixing problems and how we work together helps everyone do better. I believe you need to be the chief problem solver if you want to be a leader and you want to be a dominating, incredible leader. Again, the entry level, you just come in and you're saying, all right, I'm here to make a paycheck. I, I don't want to make an impact. I don't really think that's anybody listening to this. I think if you're listening to this podcast, you want to make a difference and you want to be an agent of change. Fixing problems and how we work together helps everyone do better. So again, it's not just fixing the the engineering solutions or the, the code and the website's wrong. All that stuff is great, but it's how we work together. How can we actually practically work together? And a great leader actually helps other people see how they can work together and they can actually remove themselves out of the context. If they have to be in every single meeting, if they have to be, if you have to be in every single conversation to make sure everyone consistently works together, it probably wouldn't work. Think about this. You go from t-ball to normal baseball. You get the t once in a while, all the way up to the major leagues, the New York Yankees practically all the way back down to t-ball. Slowly but surely, the coach actually removes themselves from the dugout a little bit more during practice, during the games, they won't say as much because what they're doing is they're creating peer level development to be able to keep each other accountable. So fixing problems and how we work together helps everyone do better. If you want everyone to do better in their individual jobs and assignments, make sure they know how to work together. And there's plenty of resources, there's plenty of books on how to do this. Really what you need to do, again, it all goes back to the same couple principles. All this stuff, again, is from Mark 14. You see Jesus and his 12 disciples and all of them, again, seeing the bigger picture of what God's doing. And Jesus is painting the picture to them to figure out how, how are we going to do this? And what I love is after the resurrection, you see 40 days later or so, Peter is preaching to 3000 plus people. But again, he betrayed he betrayed him by denying him three times and have a breakfast together. And Jesus challenges him to feed his sheep, to feed his lambs, right? To, to take care of his people, to continue the mission of Jesus when he ascends to heaven and, and the Holy Spirit falls. The most insecure person, he returned back to his job. He thought, man, I thought that was our guy. It wasn't. Man, I, I just wasted three years of my life. I left my family. What am I supposed to do? And Jesus comes to him again. They have breakfast together. It's also a great leadership principle right there. Eat food with your team individually, one-on-ones, and give them a challenge, give them encouragement to do the assignment that they said yes to, reassure their calling and their assignment. But you see you see Peter being ashamed, being hurt, being victimized, and 40 days later is preaching to 3,000-plus people. Again, that might just be men, so there might be 12,000 people. We don't know. I wasn't there. But you see Peter doing this because his leader reassured him and showed up for him and resourced him, resourced him literally with food, which we all need to resource people with food. I think that happens at the the breakfast table, at the dinner table. Those reassuring moments, those fun moments, those intimate moments happen at the dinner table. Can't happen anywhere else, I don't believe. But he, but he gives them an opportunity and we need to do this as well. So kind of jumping back in, real leaders give you chances to learn by facing challenges. This kind of goes back to Peter, right? Real leaders give you chances to learn by facing challenges. Stop making it so easy on everybody you You are what we end up doing is we have this savior complex where we think we need to actually be the solution to all the problems to make sure everyone has a seamless job. The problem you're doing is you're creating busy bees who don't know how to problem solve by themselves and they're being dependent on you. And who's to say that you might not be at this company in six months, or you might not be the lead pastor in six years or 60 years. Somebody else needs to be able to solve problems. And when we constantly fix and solve people's problems, they will never grow and be the person that God has designed them to be, which is a leader, which is a problem solver. I once had a leader tell me, I like to just create problems in the organization, or in the team, just so I can solve them. That sounds like a really bad idea, by the way. Don't do that. That's not good. You should not do that. Because what you're doing is you're having a savior complex. And really, we're not that important. I'm going to be honest. I'm not that important. You're not that important. And that and that's kind of a direct tone. And I'm telling you, are important. You are valued. You are loved. I understand that. But in in the macro, somebody else can take my job tomorrow. Somebody else can take your job tomorrow. And that's okay. That's not that's not bad that we shouldn't live in insecurity or fear. What we should do is help people see the things that we are seeing to be able to solve problems. And when you have a team of problem solvers and they're not dependent on you, life gets a lot easier for you. But it also the growth potential of your team explodes. You can always see this in church, by the way, no matter if it's a youth service or the Sunday service. If the team is going only to the lead pastor or only to the youth pastor for all the problems and not the team that's around them, you know that none of them have been empowered to actually be the solution to the things that might be happening. LED wall goes out or the music goes out in the hallway. Why are you going to the main person? Why don't they have people who understand? I should probably just fix this myself. I should figure it out. I should Google it. Many times we just don't even Google things and it's like practical. But that's just a simple observation. Real leaders, if you're a real leader, listen, so if you want to be a leader, you need to give, chan- give chances, give opportunities for people to learn by giving them challenges. Maybe there's 10 things going wrong in the, in the company right now and there's a staff of five. Instead of you just fixing them all in six hours, maybe take six days with your team and hand it out to individual and say, hey, why don't you guys work on this and come back to me in two days and see what happens. Real leaders give you a chance to learn by facing challenges. All right. Seeing mistakes as chances to learn makes you grow faster. You're either growing or you're dying. There's no plateauing in leadership or life. You're either exceeding or you're depleting. Real leaders, again, like I said, give you chances to learn by facing challenges. So put it, put it yourself in the shoes. I'm giving them opportunities to grow by giving them challenges. Now we're talking about seeing mistakes as chances to learn. So you're giving them a challenge. They make a mistake because we all make mistakes. We aren't mistakes. You aren't a mistake, but you have made mistakes. That's a big defining factor here. Seeing mistakes as chances to learn makes you grow faster. So Again, like I said, you're all growing or you're all dying. Not literally, I hope not, but more figuratively and emotionally, relationally, spiritually, we understand that. But you need to give them opportunities. Again, challenges. They make a mistake. This actually catapults them into a whole nother level especially how you respond to their mistake. Like I just mentioned, you are not a mistake. You might have made a mistake. We see Peter, Jesus literally called it out. Dude, you're going to deny me three times. He said, no, I'm not. Jesus, I'm your guy. I've I've been your best friend for three years. There's no way I would deny you. Two hours later, he's denying Jesus. What Jesus does, he doesn't shame him. He doesn't guilt him. He doesn't make him feel like a bad person. What he does is he reassures Peter's calling. And he, he asks him, do you love me? Yes, Jesus, obviously I love you. I'm sorry I made a No, no, no. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. We see this practically in our day-to-days as leaders when our teams, when the people around us make mistakes. Are we making them feel like winners when they make mistakes? That is the real leader in the room who can make you feel like a winner when you make a mistake because you're not a mistake. You made a mistake. And the question is, did you grow from it or are we going to repeat the cycle next time? That's when we see you not painting the proper picture of them. Again, not being a mistake, but making a mistake and them not having the eyes to see what it looks like when I make a mistake. Can I pivot and can I go back and make it even better? You know how many times people strike out in baseball? You know how many drop passes Marvin Harrison had and you know me I mean miss shots Michael Jordan had imagine if Michael Jordan missed one layup in high school and goes I quit it's like no that's that's a part of the game you miss shots you miss opportunities the reality is though you have a next play you have the next drive to make an to make a difference to score the touchdown you you might have called a hundred calls yesterday and called calls. None of them answered. You got hung up on, you got cussed out. That isn't a mistake. That's your job. That's what you're supposed to be doing and giving, giving your people opportunities to go and stretch and to go a, a mile ahead of where they're supposed to be happens through growth and mistakes. So the last couple here, being open to different people and ideas shapes who we are and who we stick with. Are you an open leader? Are you creating an opportunity for people to give their ideas? Nothing worse than having puppets because you're not giving them permission and imparting confidence and boldness in them to share their ideas. Because the people who share, again, be be wary of the person who's the loudest and always has ideas, always has recommendations, is always the expert at the table versus the person who is helping other people share their ideas this happens practically by going what do you think what do you think what what idea did you have I, I, i'm i'm interested to hear what you have to say and giving them an opportunity and again if it's the super introvert who might need to write it on a notebook paper challenge that as well they they have just a right of opinion as anybody else at the table but you need to be open to different people's ideas Again, this this doesn't happen at the macro level of your shared values. The entry-level intern walks in and goes, hey, I don't really like that value of ours. We should shift that. That's probably not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the practical stuff of, hey, maybe we shouldn't cold call anymore. Maybe we should send DMs on Instagram. I've found that this works. I've researched this on my own and I want to start trying this. Can I try it for six months? And if it doesn't work, we can go back to the old way. That's awesome. That's an idea person. That's a leader. That's a thinker. That's an innovator. So you got to be open to different people's thoughts. You got to give them permission initially. And once you consistently give them permission, what you're going to do is you're going to have them all trust you. You're going to trust them again, because we're not mistakes. We make mistakes. We're not perfect. We're going to challenge each other. We're going to grow together as a team, but you got to be open to their ideas. And like the second half of this, it says shapes who we are and who we stick with. The people who consistently feel affirmed on their ideas will be with you. They will continue to grow with you, to innovate with you, to build with you. The people who get shut down for their ideas, those ideas aren't bad or good. But what they can do is they will just take it somewhere else. And that might be your million dollar idea. That might be your billion dollar idea. But giving them the permission to share in a safe environment. Again, we're not therapists here. We're not counselors. What we're doing is... We're giving them opportunities to grow as leaders. And the last one here, and then we're going to just run through them, super level, high level, true friends and teammates stand by you even when you mess up. That You want to define what a true friend is or a true leader or a true teammate when you strike out who is in your dugout in your corner saying, hey, you're so good. It happens to all of us. I struck out last week. It doesn't matter. Hey, let's go back to the drawing table. Let's get better. Let's go to the batting practice together tomorrow at 5 a.m., I'll pick you up. That type of person, you need to make sure they're in your world. And even better, why don't you be that person? True friends and teammates stand by you even when you mess up, even when you make mistakes. Jesus, like I said, Peter denies him. Imagine your best friend denying you, by the way. I've never met him. I don't know him. And it's not just a, a guy. It's literally God. So you're denying God. And they get to this point the conversation where he doesn't even bring up the mistakes. He doesn't even say, Peter, why did you deny me? Why did you do this? I need clarity for my healing. No, he didn't. He literally reaffirmed his calling, made sure he knew, hey, I'm aware of it. Do you love me? Yes, Jesus, I love you. Do you love me? Yes, Jesus. He asked him three times, by the way, and he denied him three times. There's a lot of teaching on there, but we only have like 45 seconds. So you want to be a great friend, if you want to be a great leader, and if you want to be around other great leaders, be around and stand firm with your friends and your teammates when they make mistakes and mess up. Reaffirm their calling, reaffirm their potential, reaffirm who they are, their character. And again, the macro level, reaffirm your team's values, reaffirm their team's mission. Because when you do this, what ends up happening is the micro level, Your friendships start to go deeper. Your relationships start to go deeper. The macro level, your teams start to grow. Your organization starts to grow. Your church starts to grow. Because a team that is aligned, again, it's alignment over assignment. I'd say that. Or alignment even determines your assignment. It's not necessarily what we're doing. It's more about who we're doing it with. Having the right people. You should read Dare to Lead, Good to Great. Those are great books that'll help get the right people on the bus. But I just wanted to share some insights from Mark 14. These are things pulled from scripture that you can find when you read your Bible. I believe you should read your Bible. If you don't believe in Jesus, you can still read the Bible. You should read the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels to help understand who Jesus was. I believe it'll change your life. It has changed mine over the past nine, 10 years. So super, super high level here. I'm gonna read the points and then I'll see you next week. Success thrives in a strong culture. When people don't share common values, trust can be broken. Having a plan is great, but it needs adjustable. You need to be flexible. Our growth is supercharged when we're all on the same page. Leaders make others feel motivated and strong. Fixing problems and how we work together helps everyone do better. Real leaders give you chances to learn by facing challenges. Seeing mistakes as chances to learn makes you grow faster. Being open to different people, ideas, shapes who you are and who we stick with. True friends and teammates stand by you even when you miss. Uh, thanks for watching, guys. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope that this would add value to you. If you can, like and subscribe to this channel. And if you're listening to my podcast, leave a review and follow along as we continue to grow together each day.